How do you know whether you're looking on brand or not? Because the way they dress, they don't, they look dead, they don't wear makeup. I don't wear makeup. No, no, I try to, right? Put a bit of blush. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is the women, do your hair if you're going to be doing this sort of... I don't do my hair. <laughs> Get a wig. Hi, this is Joe Polizzi with the Content Marketing Institute, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on the Productive Insights Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high-value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to head over to the show notes on the Productive Insights website and you'll find several other related episodes. All you need to do is click on the related link in the show notes and you'll be listening to related and useful content in no time. Our guest today is a multi-award winning businesswoman, an international keynote speaker, an acclaimed photographer, a philanthropist, as well as a mother and a partner. She's a leading world-class expert in personal branding, which is what we're going to be talking about. She has been awarded prestigious international awards, including the recent 2016 Stevie Women in Business Award, Maverick of the Year, 2016 Global Bridge Award, Professional of the Year, and the 2015 Asia Pacific Stevie Award, Maverick of the Year, as well as placing as a finalist in the 2015 Australian Institute of Management Awards. She's established a social enterprise called Indie Bookworm Program, and her latest new book is selling in stores like Dimmicks and other good bookstores online. It's called Magnetic Branding, The Complete Guide for a Brand That Attracts. I'm delighted to welcome Zarina Robertson of ZarinaPhotography.com. Welcome, Zarina. Oh, dear. Thank you. You can breathe now. <laughs> yeah, I can breathe now. So let's talk about branding. Can you share with our listeners why you think branding is so important in business today? I'm going to ask you a slightly leading question. Why is branding so important in our information overloaded environment today? There is a lot, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> I've studied marketing in my past life. Cool. I've worked for uh, corporates in my past life. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I need therapy now. I've got a lot of therapy now. <laughs> with my background and the way that I've come to work with only a lot of big brands like Qantas and, you know, a lot of big well-known names, personal brands, I've always known that from even the age of 18 that working with a brand and having that on your resume or having that around you or with you as part of your kudos is being the pull factor and I've always gone and worked and photographed and aligned myself with fellow brands that have really been as dynamic that I've wanted to affiliate or you know be known with to be associated with now why is branding needed in a crowded marketplace where there's a lot of content and things like that is that corporate branding is different to personal branding sure. and again different you know you know entrepreneurs business people solopreneurs mompreneurs all the type of people we all obviously need a brand that is recognizable that is number one really refreshing to look at so that you are like memorable <laughs> and magnetic you know so at the end of the day, I think personally, I have a deep belief that if you look the part, you're yeah. going to feel the part, you're going to be the part. So it's all about having all that in your package as a personal brand and a business and a person to deal business with that is really 
attractive. Mm. And personal branding is more relevant when we're talking about small businesses. You know, for the last five years, I've immersed myself in personal branding. I've actually written a lot of books and a video series on magnetic branding. It's about understanding a lot about yourself and your mindset, curating your brand that starts from your mindset. So a bit of the story, though, is that why I've come to all of this is because I study people from behind the lens. Because I also am very intrigued by understanding why people do what they do and why they don't do what they do. Like, why do people not put themselves out there? And for like, it's been it puzzling me for a couple of, like years. So and, why don't they? Because it's fear. Their fear takes mm. over their whole being, so that they stop themselves, self sabotage themselves from being seen in the right way they need to be seen for what their business, their higher purpose, their business, their you know their happiness, their lifestyle. All the pluses and the benefits of being seen as a brand and a person in business that's going places stops. Yep. Because their fear stops them. I have conversations with clients all the time. They'll always put forward, oh, this uh, this thought, oh, you know, I'm not attractive. I I'm 20 kilos bigger than I need to be, or five or two kilos, or I'm like, you know, does it? I don't see that. I see everything within them and capture that their joy, their essence, their personality. I don't go and, and analyse what's going on on their body and things like that because they can tell me that, but uh, the way my expertise of weaving that person, moulding them in front of the lens that I know how to do very well with my mm-hmm. eyes closed is capturing the best of people. So how do they overcome this fear? I help them with a branding session about who they are, what they do and where they're going, and so I can capture their story in branding. Uh Because I've got my marketing background, I really love to know people. It's not, I'm not actually a point and shoot, churn and burn photographer. Uh I'm more like I really want to know the guts and the glory of the person because that means more to me to tap into who you are and your essence and bring that out in a really nurturing, comfortable way that's empowering the person in front of the lens. Because when they feel empowered and they feel like, oh, gosh, I can just feel like I'm let it all out, you know, that's great. That's magnetic. Okay. Let's talk about personal brand versus business brand. Now, I spoke to Neil Patel in the very first episode of the series about when personal brand starts to merge into the business's brand. And we talked about Steve Jobs in particular and how Steve Jobs and Apple had become synonymous to some extent. The same applies to Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway, which we also talked about. And I actually invested in both those companies. So I'm interested to know, have you seen the personal brand getting morphed into the business brand when the founder of the business is very prolific and has really built a business from scratch? And have you seen businesses struggle with separating the two? Gosh, you know, leaders and entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, when you put yourself out there as a brand, you are going to be representing something, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to be representing thoughts. You're representing a business. Ultimately, it's a business. And it's your purpose. It's your why. It's actually really, really important to absolutely harness the power of having someone who leverages is the talking head for your personal brand. Challenges. What are the biggest challenges you've seen besides fear in terms of establishing a personal and or a business brand And what have you found is the best way to overcome them? 
a lot of people in business don't understand what is their personality archetype, who they are in business, how they should be dressing for their business, what is their personality like in regards to their archetype to then create a brand that has synergy, mm-hmm. that has um, their confidence involved in that and also their um you know, the continuity of brand moving forward in their clothing, how they turn up, how they sound, how they all their branding online, their graphics, everything like that starts from the very basis of understanding who they are as a person mm-hmm. and that personality archetype needs to be, they need to know who that is. So that's why I wrote that. In the personality archetypes, there's 12 in my branding book. I was going to ask you that next. Can you tell us a bit about archetypes? Yeah, the archetypes, I just showed this because this is important to understand is that I speak to a lot of people and I say, so out of my 12 archetypes, so for example, I spoke to a lady and she's actually a beautiful lady. She looks after women who are divorced Uh and, you know, gets a community about those and helps those women, second wives, club, you know, things like that. So I said, also, what are you? You know, and she tells me, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm the... I'm the, I'm definitely the, I'm the rebel. I'm the rebel. I mean, I looked and I went, oh, I don't know. If you could be the rebel, I reckon you're the, the caregiver and the caregiver is the saint, the helper. Because mm-hmm. I really looked at her, what her offer was, her personality, how she dresses, and she's absolutely the caregiver because you look at the pure essence of a person and you can, I can pinpoint it. So how does a person find out what their archetype is? Do they answer a series of questions or something, or how do they arrive at The book, the model, and they read the different types underneath the headings. A hero, the type of person that is, warrior, crusader, rescuer, superhero. You know, do you resonate with that? What do you resonate the most with, the the visionary, the catalyst, the inventor, or the charismatic leader? That is the magician. So whatever you resonate the best with, the strongest with, that is who you are. When you question people mm-hmm. about their real essence, then the truth comes out and it's really helpful to get the direction right from there, your personality, how you dress, your strengths and your weaknesses, your clothes, really help create the visual brand for you moving forward as well. Mm-hmm. And for, it helps with how you go into meetings. It helps with online and offline personal branding. Naomi Simpson, she's got the red on her all the time. Right. I agree that I think to some degree, you know, how you dress is how you communicate with yourself and you're framing yourself to behave in a certain way. You're creating a context. Okay. So action steps. What is someone who's looking to build a brand and do so in a purposeful and directed manner? How does a person go about building their brand? One is obviously question your fears. I'm a big believer in mindfulness. So use a mindfulness practice to try and understand your fears, question them, bring them out in the open so that you can then help them dissipate. The second one would be to get clear in your archetypes, get magnetic branding and find out about the 12 archetypes and which ones you fit into. For those who are listening, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, so you can get it from the show notes. What else? About eight years ago, seven years ago, I didn't want to put myself out there. I thought photography is a boys club. And then social media started up and I'm like, oh, dear. And I kind of got involved in this whole, I guess, the messaging of branding out of not wanting to do it. And then I did it. And I saw the results in putting myself out there as a brand. So I put myself on, you know, the images, on the, mm-hmm. you know, on everything, my business cards. And it's, it's crucial to showcase your personal brand as much as you can 
You look like a bit of a rebel on that cover there. Are you a rebel? Is that your archetype? I am the magician. You're the magician. Okay. <laughs> Basically, it, it just came out of not wanting to put myself out there. And mm-hmm. I started realizing the more I put myself out there, I got a better, I guess, a reaction to what I was doing and what I was saying and then what I was producing and then who I was working with. So the more I did that messaging on social media and also, you know, when you deliver 150% all the time, yeah. it's important to live to that, that delivery process, I think. And if you can do the best you can in business, it's really important. And I also said to myself, if I don't do something good, I will not pursue it or do it because it'd be just a waste of time. Do something we're passionate about. So with your brand, do something you're passionate about in business and that's where your brand will be magnetic and absolutely will shine and attract. You're good at it or you're not good at it. So make decisions fast in your business so that there's no time wasted and that your brand shines without your mistakes happening or being seen so much, you know? Mm. Yeah, I've got to say, I I too had a lot of anxieties and trepidation about getting on stage, but James kind of pretty much ushered me onto the Superfast Business Live stage earlier this year, and it was very uncomfortable, but I'm glad I did it because soon after that I spoke at Macquarie Bank, and I think it's getting a lot easier. To those who are listening, if you feel concerned about getting on stage or even doing something like Facebook Live, which I started doing to just get myself out there, which can be quite confronting because you don't know who's watching. I think it's a good practice to do it. One thing I would say is if you're going to get on stage, or if you're going to do a Facebook Live, have something to say. Don't just drone on. Have a point to make. Otherwise, just stay off it because it's really annoying to listen to someone just ramble on. But that said... And can I make a point about that, though? Yeah. You're saying listening to someone that's rambling on? What about when they don't look on brand? That's the worst thing. I've absolutely seen people go up on Facebook Live and I'm just going, oh, my gosh, I thought their brand was up here. And now I'm looking at it down here. So how do you know whether you're looking on brand or not? Because the way they dress, they don't. They look dead, they don't wear makeup. I don't wear makeup. No, no, I try to wear makeup. <laughs> blush yeah um, what i'm saying is the women do your hair if you're going to be doing this sort of i don't do my hair <laughs> get a wig i'm saying men and women it's just we need to dress good for these okay but what about us dudes like there are some guys who are promoting the whole freedom lifestyle thing that's the brand so they're wearing these collarless shirts and shorts and what we call thongs and americans call flip-flops i don't want to get that confused So what about that? Is that person not on brand if they're trying to teach and preach freedom? Look, you can be casual and you can be too casual and then you can just become quite unprofessional. Lifestyle and living the dream and selling the dream can be done in a nice, collared, casual, clean, brand new looking top that you wear or a couple of the versions of the colour that suits you. Like say, for example, polo neck tops that you've got like a you're wearing now something that's tidy new fresh looking light colored taut not too oversized that looks tailored Hmm. that's still casual lifestyle and smart looking Hmm. because people still at the back of their mind they're still looking at you no matter how much money you've got and they are still looking at you going looking at this guy and he looks so sloppy that's detracting from me actually listening to your message i've got to share this really amusing sentence that I read. I don't know where I read it. It said, I always thought men in suits were very powerful until I realized they worked for men in shorts and t-shirts. It actually should say women and men. 
I thought that was a very telling statement. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Kind of changes your view on branding in a sense, right? You think to yourself, the well-dressed person is, you normally assume, quite rightly, that they are the affluent one, the one that you can trust. But often they're working for the dude who's in the stubbies and a singlet and doesn't need to bother to dress up to go to work in the morning because he or she has got it all. They've built their business. It's a self-sustaining business. And they can spend their time at the beach. Like Brian Clark posted this really funny thing on Facebook. He said, I went to log on to my account the other day and then I found that it's had a DDoS attack. So I guess I can't log on. Oh, well. And it, there's just an image of his feet sitting at the beach because he's he's done his dash. He doesn't need to work. I, I'm assuming he doesn't need to work. Unfortunately, a lot of brands and businesses need to start somewhere and they need to go through that progression of growth. And then they need to plateau. Then they might go for a dive and then they might come back up again. Books. What are your favorite books around branding besides magnetic branding? Yeah, I like Gary. Gary V? Yeah, Gary V. Yeah, he's a bit of a character, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. I'm not sure I agree with this attitude, though. He's all about, you know, working 16-hour days. And look, I'm going to touch on this a bit, too. There is the edited personal brand that those people or people want you to see. There is the unedited version, too. So, your, you know, the 16-hour days and all that business and hype is great. Sometimes a brand is also manufactured mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not. So you have to really sort of work out what's the real deal. Cool. Is there anything else you would like to add before we say bye? No, my love. I just enjoyed having a chat with you and everyone else. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to have you. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 